Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Rick Kiley. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. John chapter 21, we're going to read one verse together today. John 21 and 3, Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a-fishing. How many of you like to fish? Okay, good. They say unto him, we also go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately, and that night they caught nothing. That night they caught nothing. And today, for a few minutes, I'm going to preach on this subject. The fish are on the fire. The fish are on the fire. God bless you. You may be seated. So good to see our visitors with us. As Pastor Michael mentioned, we're really glad you're here. We hope you will feel welcome. We're going to go out of our way to make you feel welcome. Amen. We're glad to have you with us today. Before I preach to you, um, there's a couple things I want to mention to you. This is a little bit of a little bit of pastoring. Um, I want to thank those of you that were here Wednesday night for the police memorial. Thank you so much for being here. We we had a good turnout from the community, and uh, the lieutenant governor gave us the Bible study. Lieutenant Governor Clayfish was here and she was one of the speakers and talked to us about Joshua and about authority. It's refreshing to see our leaders stand up and speak about the Bible and the Word of God. Amen. And of course, we had one of our reigning judges, the sheriff, and even the uh, attorney general was here with us. Brad Schimmel. So we had two out of the three top officials in the state of Wisconsin right here at Abundant Life. And that's quite an honor. And I thank you for making them feel welcome. There's another thing I want to mention to you since we're talking about fishing. Fishing begins on the first weekend of May in Wisconsin. It's a traditional thing. And it kind of kicks off the summer season. And the first big holiday of summer is Memorial Day, which we honor the men and women who have served in our armed forces, and it really kicks off the summer. And so since this is the Sunday before that, I would like to address you as your pastor on what I consider to be an important matter. I feel responsible to you. When I'm not here, you need to know why. And I I don't hesitate in trying to put that in the bulletin or have it announced from the pulpit because I need to be accountable. And when I am gone, you can be assured that when I come back, my tithes and my offerings and my giving will be put in the offering basket that next Sunday. I won't take a vacation from giving. Now, I have no problems people taking weekends to vacation with their family and Weeks off to be with their family on a vacation, I think it's great, no problem, but I would ask you this. A phone call, 965-5177, extension 12, and a short message 
would really be appreciated because I really care about you. And when you're not here, it would really be nice if I knew why. And again, I'm not getting in the way of your vacation. I like vacation too. But let's be accountable and let's continue to be faithful in our giving. The church is depending on us. Our missionaries are depending on us. Hard for the house, P239, all those things go on. Can I get an amen? Amen. So thank you for being faithful and continuing to support the work here. Now today, John chapter 21, Jesus has appeared to the disciples previous to this account. But they are out fishing and Jesus is doing something else. And we'll get to that in just a minute. Fishing can be very much fun or it can be very frustrating. I have to admit to you that when it comes to fishing, I am not a very good fisherman. I don't have all the latest equipment or the latest baits, and I probably wouldn't know how to use them if I had them. I'm still a real basic, simple fisherman. I can remember the first pole I ever had was a cane pole. How many of you know what a cane pole is? Okay, a cane pole is a, it's like a bamboo stick and it's real long and what you do is you tie off your line to the end of the pole and then it's just a bobber and a hook and a sinker and you put your bait on and you just kind of sling the thing out into the water from a, probably a river bank and you just wait for a bite. It's real simple, you don't have to know a whole lot. We used to fish on the Root River down by Parkway Apostolic and that muddy river and we'd have a great time catching bullheads and carp and a few bluegills every once in a while. It was a blast, loved it. I remember one particular time that I was fishing with a cane pole and the fish that was on the line was so big that it broke the cane pole. If you get a big old carp on a cane pole, good luck trying to get that carp in on that cane pole and it snapped the cane pole. But here's what I learned. If you wait a while, that cane pole, the part that broke off, will float to the surface. If you got a bobber, the bobber will float to the surface if the fish gets anywhere near the top. So if your pole breaks and you lose your line, watch for a bobber. Because this is the other thing I learned. If I can get my hand underneath that bobber, either from a boat or, the, or it's close enough to shore that I can reach it, if you grab on the other side of that bobber and wrap it around your hand real quick, you can bring that fish in with your hand. I've done it. Pulled them right in by hand. And then we graduated from cane poles to Zebco 202s. Now, a Zebco 202 has just a little bit of a rod and a little tiny reel, and it's, a, and it's a push button for people like me. I mean, it's pretty hard to mess up on a Zebco 202. All you have to do is push the button and throw it. And then you just crank it a little bit and set and wait. 
And a Zebco 202, when I was just a little boy, that was a real thrill. That was a big step up from a cane pole. And it cost $2.99. Now you tell me where you can get a rod and a reel and line and all of that for that kind of money. That's, that's really a good deal. But that's about all I ever... Now my son, if my son and I go fishing, it's like taking a little kid with him because he's got to show me how to tie the bait on and, you know, got to show me how to release the reel because I always get them snagged up on him. I know it can be a little frustrating. Um, I think the last pole he ever bought me was similar to a Zebco 202. But we, fishing can be a lot of fun. It really can be. And do you know that Jesus... The first four disciples he chose were fishermen. And he said this to them. He said, I will cause you to be fishers of men. What you have learned in the trade of becoming commercial fishermen will be able to be applied to the kingdom of God. Now, whatever job you do, here's the encouraging word for you. Whatever job you do, whatever talent you have, it can be beneficial in the kingdom of God. There are things that you have learned in your trade that will help you and can be spiritually applied to catching people. Catching people. Now, let me give you just a few things about fishermen that that I have learned. Really good fishermen have two things in common. Number one, They study, and number two, they practice. You can't be a good fisherman if you fish once a year. You're probably not going to catch a lot of fish on a Zebco 202 or a cane pole anymore. But if you really want to be a good fisherman, you have to become a student. You'll probably read magazines. You'll learn new techniques. You'll find out the latest equipment. All of these things, you'll need them to be a part of your ministry of fishing. As a fisherman, you will be concerned about the weather. Is it sunny or is it cloudy? Is it rainy or is it cold? You'll want to know about the temperature of the water. You'll want to know about the wind direction. You'll want to know about fish habitat. What kind of fish are living in this kind of a habitat? You'll want to have the right equipment. You'll want to have the right bait. You'll even want to know what the best feeding times are for fish. You become a student of fishing. That's why 2 Timothy 2 and 15 says, study. We are to become fishers of men. Somebody said amen. Amen. So study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We become students of fishing, and that's what God desires for us. Now, the other factor, and it's an important factor, is are the fish hungry? I mean, there's just days that doesn't seem like the fish have any appetite at all, they don't want to bite. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst, Jesus said, after righteousness, for they shall be filled. We gotta catch them when they're hungry. Now let me explain something to you. 
The difficulties of life improve our appetite and our desire for God. Think about it. When did you come to God? What, what were the circumstances of your life when you got real hungry for God? They probably weren't good. You might have had health issues. You might have had financial problems. You might have had marriage problems. You might have had addictions. Things that were really ruining and making your life difficult. But it all improved your appetite for the word of God, for the baits that fishermen were attempting to use on your life, like prayer, like the word, like encouragement that they were trying to offer you. Because now you had an appetite. If everything goes well in your life, you begin to think you don't need God at all. But when things are going bad, that's when the appetite improves. And you will look back one day and say, you know, all those bad things that happened to me and that were going on in my life, they were actually good things. Because those are the things that increased my appetite for the word of God and for the spirit of God. And therefore, fishing can either be fun or it can be frustrating even after all the other things have been taken care of, if the fish aren't hungry. Now what we have here today is we have a simple story about fishermen, experts in their field. They know all about the wind and the temperature and, and the habitat and the bait and the nets and all of that stuff. This is what they did for a living. They know this sea because they have fished it many, many times. They know the feeding times. Everything that there is to know about fishing, they know it. And yet, after all of that, they have spent an entire night not fishing with Zebco 202s and cane poles, but even with large nets. And they have caught nothing. Fishing is not fun when you're not catching anything. It's frustrating. It's a waste of energy. It's a waste of time. You even begin to murmur and complain amongst one another when the fish are not biting. Come on now, tell the truth. Man, I wonder if we're even gonna get a bite today. I mean, we've been out here all this time. It's, it's cold, it's windy, and the fish aren't biting. Maybe we should just quit and go inside. But the disciples, to their credit, they fished all night long and caught nothing. Have you ever given something your best and felt like a failure? Like, wow, all that I've put into this and I have nothing, nothing to show for it. I've wasted my time and I've wasted my energy all night and no fish. The Sunday school teachers that are not in here today that are out in their classrooms right now sometimes feel like they've caught nothing. 
How about the home Bible study teacher who prays and fasts and studies and prepares a lesson and 12 weeks he continues to show up at that Bible study anticipating that some fish are gonna come out of this Bible study and no, the fish aren't biting. They were there. They were in the area. You saw them. Week after week, you know they're down there. But they weren't biting. It's frustrating. Frustrating. How about having Celebrate Recovery every Thursday night at 6.30? What happens if there's no new visitors or if even some of the regulars don't show up? Does that get discouraging to you if it happens week after week after week? Or how about youth ministry? We could take any ministry. Youth ministry, all the work that goes into planning a meal and planning an event and a handful of people show up. And they come right at the time that it starts and when it comes time to clean up afterwards, they're gone. Does it ever feel like you're failing, like you're not making a difference? Power hour, music ministry, even preachers can leave a pulpit and say, have I really made a difference today? After all that I've done to prepare for this, after all that I've learned, what is the overall effect what is the accomplishment of what I've done this past week? And you can feel like a failure, even though you've done the most successful thing. You've been faithful, you've been prayerful, you've given it your best, and yet it appears, it appears that you have Nothing to show for it. So let's go back. Let's go back to Jesus and the fishermen. They've caught nothing. They're tired and they're frustrated. And all of a sudden, in the distance, they see a man on the shore. They don't know it's Jesus initially. They can just see the figure of a man. And the man yells out to them. And he says, children... Do you have any meat? By the way, these people that think that they know what they're talking about with food groups, they're wrong. Fish are meat. I know they say fish are, fish are not meat. They got a separate category for fish. No, no, no. Jesus said, do you have any? There you go. Now you got something you can tell your friends tomorrow at work. Fish are meat. Contrary to what other people say about food groups, Jesus said so. He called it meat. But really, if you're a fisherman and you're already frustrated and you're already tired and somebody's asking you if you've caught anything, even that will anger you. Does it look like we caught any fish? You see all the nets hanging? No, we didn't catch any fish. And then he says, oh, why don't you try casting on the other side, on the right side? 
I always think that God wants us to be on the right side. Get on the right side. And I wonder if the disciples, even in their frustration, remembered that this has happened before. They Peter, he had to have remembered that, that there was a time when Jesus asked if he could borrow the boat and speak from it across the water. And when he was finished with his message, he said, all right, Peter, take your, fish, your boat out into the deep and let down all of your nets for a draught. And the great multitude of fishes that were caught. He had to have been able to remember that. And here's my point to you today. When you're frustrated and you feel like nothing's happening in your ministry, you need to remember the times that God has given you other catches. There has been fruit in your ministry in the past. You are continuing to do the right things. And even though it appears at the moment that you have nothing to show for it, just one anointed word from Jesus can direct you to a catch. A catch. And because Peter remembered that, he said, all right, this happened before and he threw the nets over the right side of the boat and they were so full that he had a hard time dragging the nets up to the boat. The time had come. God had gathered the fish and brought them to their boat. Is anybody preaching with me today? He brought the fish. Over here, get on this side of the guy's boat. And the fish have to obey their creator. And so the fish go where they're told to go. They leave their, listen now, they leave their habitat. They are not concerned about the wind or the darkness or the feeding time. They are only doing what they are directed to do. No man comes to God except the spirit of God draws him. So the Spirit of God drew the fish to the place where the fishermen could catch them. They didn't even have an appetite. They just had a location that they had to be at. Anybody preaching with me today? Maybe you're preaching ahead of me, I don't know. But here they are. See here, I want you to see this this verse of scripture. I realize I'm messing the people up in the booth here, but John 6 and 5. Here's one of the times that Jesus feeds the multitude, and this passage is something we need to leave here with a memory of. When Jesus lifted up his eyes, John 6 and 5, He saw a great company come unto him, and he said unto Philip, When shall we buy bread that these may eat? We're going to feed this multitude of people. Where are we going to get it from? Notice the next verse. And this he said to prove him. 
For he himself knew what he would do. He wasn't asking the question of Philip because he needed his advice. He was asking the question of Philip because he was testing him. He already knew what he was going to do. Well, that's one of the things I love about our God. He's never confused. Oh my goodness, look at all the trouble they're having in Washington. Oh my, oh my, oh my, what am I gonna do now? He's not confused, he's not worried, he's in control, he knows what he's doing, and he knows when he's going to do it. What he is doing and when he is going to do it. He knew that these disciples would fish all night. He knew that they would catch nothing and be frustrated by it. But he knew that he was going to give them a great catch. A great catch. Remember when I talked to you earlier about how you can be frustrated even in your ministry? Listen to the frustration of the children of Israel concerning their own children. And I say this to this congregation today, knowing that some of you as parents are very concerned about wayward children. Let me give you a word from the Lord. Jeremiah chapter 31, verse eight. Jeremiah 31 and eight. Behold, I will bring them from the north country I will gather them from the coasts of the earth and with them the blind and the lame, the woman with child and her that travaileth with child together. A great company shall return thither. He's talking about a catch. They will come with weeping. They will come with supplications. I will lead them. I will cause them to walk by the rivers of water in a straight way wherein they shall not stumble. For I am a father to Israel and Ephraim is my firstborn. He's telling them that there will be a harvest. A few verses later, he talks about their own children. Verse 15 says, thus saith the Lord, a voice was heard in Ramah, lamentation and bitter weeping, Rachel weeping for her children. And she refused to be comforted for her children because they were not, they were not where they were supposed to be. Thus saith the Lord, Refrain thy voice from weeping and thine eyes from tears, for thy work shall be rewarded, saith the Lord. And they shall come again from the land of the enemy. And there is hope in time of need, saith the Lord, that thy children shall come again to their own border. It hasn't happened yet, but it will. Where are my children, Lord? You said to train up a child in the way that they should go and that when they're old, they will not depart from it. So where are they? They're coming. 
I've prayed for them. I don't see them. I don't see any change. I don't see any hunger or any thirst in their life for the things of God. It's coming. It's coming. And they're coming back to their border. Back to their border. Psalm 30 and 5 says, Weeping shall endure for a night, but joy. Maybe the disciples needed to remember this one. But joy is coming in the morning. Galatians 6 and 9 says, let me say this to the fishermen and the ministers of this congregation that feel like we have nothing. Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. It's coming. And it came to the disciples because they remained faithful and they obeyed when he told them what to do. Vince Lombardi said, fatigue makes cowards of us all. People get tired and they get discouraged and they quit too soon. Vince Lombardi also said, we never lost a game We just ran out of time. You hear that? We never lost a game. We just ran out of time. We quit too soon. And we miss the catch. We miss the catch. And here's where I want to stop today. While they were fishing all night long, what do you think Jesus was doing? Keeping in mind that he knows what he is about to do. John 21, no, we don't have any fish. Cast on the right side and you'll find. And they caught their multitude of fishes. Hmm. He knows what he's doing. And if you read the rest of this chapter, when they catch the fish, this is what he says. Bring your fish over to the shore. And they bring the fish to the shore and they dump out the nets and they start counting the fish. 153 fish. That's a pretty good haul. 153 fish. And it says all kinds. Read it. All kinds. That means there's some bullheads that need to be caught. There's some suckers. They need to be caught. We catch all kinds, right? When you throw the line in the water and you got a bait on and you think only a certain fish will bite on that bait and you're surprised that a different kind bit it and you caught that fish instead, 
That's what fishing's all about. You might be surprised what you're going to catch if you just keep fishing. But here's the last part. This is the final part of the message, and it's the best part. I saved the best for last. Picture this. They are dragging in these fish, these 153 fish. They're working really hard to drag them in. You know what Jesus is doing? He's got a nice fire going. He's got a bunch of fish all cleaned and all ready to eat. It's time to eat. And these disciples come huffing and puffing in. And let me tell you something about fishing. Fishing is actually the easy part. It's cleaning the fish. There's still a lot of work to be done once you catch a fish. My father taught me you never shoot or catch anything that you don't intend to eat. That's what he taught me. But before you can eat it, there's a lot of work that needs to be done. So they're tired because, number one, they have fished all night long, but now they're happy because they got 153 fish, but they're really tired, and they know they got a lot of work to do, and Jesus says, boys, sit down right over here. I have a place prepared for you before we clean these fish together. We're gonna have breakfast. Here's some coffee. Here's some good fish. Here's some bread so you can make a sandwich. I don't know if he had any ketchup. But we're, we're fixing to have us a good meal. What were you doing, Jesus? Well, I was preparing the catch for you, and at the same time, I was preparing your meal for you. So if you wonder what Jesus is doing, the fish are on the fire. He's getting ready to invite you to a meal after he provides you with a great catch. But don't you quit. Don't be weary in well-doing. Don't give up on your kids. Go ahead and weep and pray and all that. But know this. If you remain faithful, you will have a great catch because the fish are on the fire. God bless you. Let's stand together. Praise God. The fish are on the fire. Can I tell you something else about fish while you're adjusting your clothing? People get worried about money. I even mentioned money this morning, asking you to be faithful. Do you know where the money is? It's in the fish's mouth. It was time for Jesus and the disciples to pay their taxes. And Jesus said, well, go down to this stream and take your cane pole and throw a line out. He didn't say a net. He said, cast in a line. And you will catch a fish that I have prepared. And the coin, now I never caught one like this, but the coin will be in his mouth. And that'll be all you need. Hey, you're worried about what you need? You just do what Jesus tells you to do? 
He'll take care of everything else. Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness to us. We thank you for the call that you've placed on our lives and the opportunity that we have to serve you. Help us to be good, faithful fishermen. And listen to your voice as to where you want us to get. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.